It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and it is the final rankings series for the 2023 season. Draft season, the 2023 campers, we are on the final stretch. Like I said last week, we did a little bit of a reaction to the draft, oriented our thoughts, got our opinions sorted out, and now it is time to run through each position group over the next five weeks, starting, Colin, with the quarterbacks this week. Yeah, the quarterbacks, they get a little sidelined for us a lot of the times because we look at it through a one quarterback focus but here is their time to fully shine and I, I mean you get you get a lot of quarterback takes as it is from the major media outlets where you don't have to come to a place like this to hear quarterback thoughts but I think I think we're gonna make this pretty interesting yeah it's gonna be fun because you know like you said we have always and you know approach this with a one quarterback sort of a lens here and we didn't even talk about the quarterbacks at all last episode and that was very intentional because we wanted to save it for this episode where we will go all in on the quarterbacks I mean you can go back if you didn't catch it uh, and listen to our rankings 2.0 on quarterbacks that's where we broke them down a lot as prospects what they brought to the table strengths and weaknesses all of that stuff We'll get into a little bit of that here, but this this episode and the subsequent, you know, running back, wide receiver, all of that, it's going to be a lot more about that, but also the team fit, because that is the new information that we have. You know, we broke down some of these players uh, as prospects along the, along the way, but we didn't have any idea what the situation was. What scheme are they playing in? Where are they on the depth chart? So that's really what this is all about as we... Uh, work toward our final uh, big board, our final rankings for the 2023 season before we kind of, you know, close up shop and yeah. <laughs> switch to 2024. <laughs> and and landing spot matters immensely for quarterbacks more than almost any other position. Because you, you think about, I mean, you mentioned scheme, but you think about supporting cast, you think about uh, coaching, all of that, where these quarterbacks can go to a place where, they're going to be in purgatory, like, say, Sam Darnold to the Jets. And it's just, we'll never know if Sam Darnold would have been any good. Like, there, he never really got a chance in New York. Not that I think that Sam Darnold's good, but just an example off the top of my head is, like, he goes there, they have bad coaching, they're turning over coach year after year. It happened with Baker, too. Like, he goes and he has a new coach, What like, his first five years of his career – and they never really figure anything out, and then all of a sudden he's on a new team every year. So uh, that that stands paramount with these guys, and we'll uh, we'll dig into how we felt about the landing spots each of these guys. Definitely. And before we get into our number five quarterback, this is a top five this week. Um, the running backs and wide receivers will definitely be an expanded view of the class, but for this episode it'll just be a top five but also we're gonna add a little bit of a super flex spin on this just because it is quarterbacks you know in a super flex league that is the premium position 
So we will uh, outline where we are taking these guys in a one quarterback, but we'll also talk about what it looks like from a super flex standpoint as well, just in case you found us as a super flex player. Yeah, we're sorry if you came here as a super flex player and you're like, (laughs) rethink your life choices, but you know, (laughs) that's another story. Anyway, number five quarterback from the 2023 class, Colin. My number five quarterback is Hendon Hooker. I mean, he got taken by the Lions, and I mean, I I mean, it's a fine spot. Like, it's not a bad spot. It's not a great spot, but Hooker's not wasn't really gonna play this year anyway. We knew whoever was going to the Lions, if they drafted a quarterback, was going to probably sit for th- their first year behind Jared Goff since Jared Goff had a good season last year and deserves another year at least as the starter and Hooker I mean though he is the same age as Jared Goff it'll be a little bit of an interesting dynamic to add another veteran onto that Lions roster you're still doing this man (laughs) I'm still doing this no, but uh, Hooker will be what twenty five when he plays his next when he's able to play his next football. He'll be twenty six going into probably his first year if he's starting next year. His first year starting if they decide to move on from Jared well, Goff. So here's the thing: yes. he's twenty five right now. He's yes. twenty five and change right now. So you're talking about a player here uh, who will be twenty six years old. Uh, by the uh, basically by the end of this NFL season, he's a January birthday, so mm. not uh, not not quite as old <laughs> as uh, some of the names you've thrown out, but no, definitely no. an older player. He is an older player, but uh, so the question becomes: If Jared Goff plays well, does Hooker see the field? And that's, I mean, probably not. But uh, we, uh, Jared Goff has proven who he is as a player, I'd say. And I don't expect him to keep playing as well as he is. So uh, that that is the only thing holding me back about Hooker. But I think he, he was my fifth best quarterback pre-draft. Not a ton has changed. Uh, but, I mean, I still there's some there's – some, something with hooker there and i think a team will take a chance on him and the lions feel like that kind of team yeah i mean this is a this this is a conversation that's very skewed towards superflex because you're talking about a player here that probably in my eyes won't be drafted in a one quarterback idp league uh which is what we're looking at it from so Look at the top 48. I don't have him in mind. I don't see him slotting in there. He's a guy that, you know, you pick up afterwards if you have a spot and just kind of see what happens here. But um, in Superflex, it is interesting because uh, Jared Goff's dead money hit drops dramatically next season. So they've kind of set, set this up where Hooker, who's recovering from the ACL and does need some development. I mean, let's, you know, yeah, this was also my number five quarterback before the draft. And that's a pretty 
like he's on his own tier here. Like my, he's not on the same tier as my number four, and, and that player's not on the same tier as my top three. So, um, it's a little bit further away. But uh, next year, the dead hit for Jared Goff is only five million dollars. They can they can throw him away next year easily. So. Depending on what they see with Hooker, what they are, you know, what the plans are there, if they if the recovery goes well and they see some promising signs, the door is open. But I am also not the I'm not the one that's going to count Jared Goff out the quickest. <laughs> like I still do think that Jared Goff is a functional NFL quarterback, and that offense looked good last year under Ben Johnson and. I think, you know, they've they've continued to invest in it. If Goff looks good this year, I mean, I, I don't really see why you would do that. So it's a big risk in terms of, you know, if you're going to draft this player, like I'm thinking super flex. I mean, where do you think Hendon Hooker is going in a super flex right now? Oh, uh, man, that's a great question. I'm, I'm in a super flex league and I'm just trying to think. We only have a three-round rookie draft, and I'm trying to think if he would get drafted. And I feel like he, like for a team that needs a quarterback, well, because we do have a taxi squad, like you, you would throw a third at him. I, I think he's definitely going in the third in a yeah. super flex league. Like yeah. I, I was hesitating to say like, does he sneak into the second for some teams? But so. I don't think it makes sense. No, no. So yeah. A third round pick in a super flex league it's a dart throw you especially know, if you have jared goff it's kind of yeah. like a handcuff almost mm-hmm. oh yeah quarterback handcuff. Yeah. there it is <laughs> it's like if you had a, a rogers and you're like oh is he gonna retire you draft jordan love and then you have the handcuff you know it's kind of a similar situation where you get both guys and then you're guaranteed a starting quarterback either way right so yeah like i said i mean I, I don't mind Hooker as a player, as a prospect, uh, but yeah, it, this is a this is a firm tier below. So why don't we go up to the next tier Let's and talk a little bit a little bit more about a player that does have some interesting upside potentially? I'm going to assume, Colin, we are in the same boat here, and we have Will Levis as number four. We are in the same boat. So Will Levis, obviously a polarizing prospect, lot of talk through the final stretch leading up to the NFL draft, a lot of smoke screen is what we learned. He was the smoke bomb in the quarterback discussion for NFL teams. They were throwing the name out there like, oh, we're going to take him at two. We're going to take him at four. And it just never was the case. So Will Levis ends up with the Tennessee Titans who traded up to the 33rd pick to select him. Great deal for the Cardinals, by the way. Uh, I didn't even realize the compensation on that trade. It was 41-72 and a 24-3rd. Ooh, that's really so, nice. So, yeah, they got the quarterback premium with a like they're moving up <laughs> for the quarterback, so they gave him a little extra something-something, and the Cardinals continued, you know, they're – uh, path of destruction on draft night, getting value trading down the board multiple times. But um, so, yeah, I mean, Tennessee makes the move to bring them in. The The spot makes sense. Honestly, I think in my final mock, I had Tennessee taking him at 11. 
So they come back at the top of the second and get Will Levis. A player, Colin, who has been compared to Ryan Tannehill, who is the incumbent there. And another player that when you look at the contract, there are some outs here coming very, very quickly. There was some trade chatter with Tannehill. It seems like he will be going into the season as their starting quarterback. But do you before we even talk about the the dynasty, the the draft capital, do you think Will Levis plays in 2023? So I just I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that bad. Like I feel like he was dealt a pretty crap hand last year and like I don't think Tannehill's like a superstar, but I also think he's above replacement level as a quarterback and I I think Titans fans are ready to move on to or the Titans in general are ready to move on to the next era of Titans football and that might have to wait a year because Derrick Henry is still on this team and he's making a lot of money so you I think they might run it one more year but I don't know there was I, I could see Levis starting if Tannehill's playing poorly. I, I don't think Vrabel is one to, you know, sit and wait. And, like, as much as loyalty is probably a part of his brand, I don't think he's going to be so loyal where he will stick with Tannehill even though Levis is could be the better option to win games and could be the future of the franchise. So I, I think he could start some games. And, as, I mean, if they are bad, the, he'll absolutely start some games. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that Ryan Tannehill is already approaching 35 years old. Like, yeah. y- you almost forget how old this player is at this point. And, I mean, last year he dealt with some injuries. Wasn't a great year. I mean, 2021 was a decline from what he had been when he sort of found new life in Tennessee. Um So there's a lot of question marks with Tannehill. I think he's, you know, he made his thoughts on the Malik Willis pick very clear last year. So now it's like dialed up to the, to the next degree here with Levis. So we'll see how it plays out. I think he'll get some time in 2023. I I feel like it's going to happen. Um, You know, whether that's Tannehill is struggling and they just, give him the keys or if there's more injuries I think one way or another he's going to get on the field and we're going to get to see what he looks like because that I mean that's as much of a question mark as anything I mean the the spot is a is a little bit interesting obviously with the quarterback situation there but just as a player man I mean we both uh, think there's a lot of development that needs to happen with this player uh, he's not even close to number three for me. This is a completely different discussion. That being said, in one quarterbacks, personally, I'm ta- I'm not taking him until the fourth round. That might be harsh, but I have him currently slotted as a fourth round player on my board. In Superflex, though, I do think late first, top of the second. Yeah, I so I have him 10th in Superflex. So right at the bottom of that first round. I have him 
mid third in one quarterback leagues, and I, that's just because he's going to start. He's a, I think that the Titans view him as their guy. I don't know for sure since they waited till the second to take him, but it feels that way. And like now we're getting the reports that oh uh, this team was in on him, this team was in on him. Colts would have taken him at four if someone else took Richardson. You know, like all of these reports start to come out, which I don't know if any of them are actually true, but uh, it seems like he is the type of guy. He's an NFL guy, you know where teams love him and he earns don't, the trust of the don't franchise. Do this. Well, don't do this. <laughs> it's true. You're, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm not No, no, no. No. I, this is not my opinion. This is what I think the NFL feels about him. And I think that the NFL is going to fall in love with Will Levis and, you know, his country strength and his quirky uh quirky mannerisms and well i mean they already did right they already drafted this guy at the top of the second they drafted him at the top of the second though that's where the question marks come in right because he was uh, talked about as a top 10 pick in the pre-draft process so the the second round is a huge fall for him and you mentioned that so but I think the, that he's going to be the starter of the Titans come 2024. And if you get a guy with upside, with a big arm, you know, with a, a potentially improving young offense, you know, Tyje Spears, Traylon Burks, Chig, Cal Phillips, question mark, like a, a team that has room to grow, Skaronsky, like they, they're going in the right direction where they're getting all this old money off the books. So – uh, if Levis hits, I feel like he's worth at least a flyer in the third. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's probably – I mean, that's true. Like, if you took him in the third, I wouldn't blame you. I mean, that's – I feel like where he's going to be in terms of, like, consensus. It's just like – I've said this on a previous pod. I'm going to follow my evaluation of the talent so much more than – you know, hey, here's a here's an NFL starting quarterback. Like like you said, he will start for the Titans. Like they drafted him to be their starter. He will start NFL games. Absolutely, it's going to happen. This isn't Malik Willis. You know, this isn't your third round dart throw guy. Like they drafted him to be the starter for this team moving forward. That being said, I don't like him yeah. as a prospect. I don't trust his talent and. I don't want – there's a lot of names in this class that I like in the third round that I'm going to push him into the fourth round for. Yeah, yeah, I I totally understand. And the, the, like I said, the only reason is, like, there's some upside there. There's a little bit of, like, oh, the, the, he can run a little bit, you know. You, but I, it, it, it won't be me taking him in the third. I'll tell you is that. that. Are we? Can we go full circle back to when he was Josh Allen? Can we? Have we gotten back there yet? No, we'll, we'll talk about Josh Allen later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on. I think um, our boards are going to be the same. The, I th- I I'm envisioning that that's <laughs> going to be true. Uh, I figured it was going to be true. The the running backs, wide receivers, it's going to get weird. Quarterback so. this year, very fun, but I think also now very chalky. 
And yeah, so yeah. Uh, number three, Colin, why don't you uh, give me your number three and let's see if we're right here. CJ Stroud. Yep. Yeah. So unless you have six point passing touchdown and super flex, which some people do, I think you're a psycho if you do, but uh, if you do, then I could see an argument for Stroud as QB two. Um, but I got him as my QB three. I have him at right around five in my super flex rankings. It's behind my two other quarterbacks, Bijan and Gibbs. So that's lots of men at five. Um, he went to the Texans, which I don't love the landing spot. I mean, we talked about this quite a few times because they don't have a lot of talent, man. Like they just aren't a very good team right now. And we don't know much about the front office. We don't know much about the coaching staff. So there's a lot of unknown surrounding Stroud and what the future of this franchise looks like. So I understand if you're hesitant about taking Stroud, but he's really good. <laughs> he's really good, man. So if, if he's as good as we think he is, he can elevate this team and uh, be worth – I mean, you'll get a steal at five in Superflex. I have him at, uh, let's see, CJ Stroud, uh, mid to late second in in one QB. Yeah. Um, Stroud, I mean, so I, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. It's been a long time since our quarterbacks – uh, rankings 2.0 when we when we touched on that and cj stroud ended as my quarterback one in the class so talent nfl wise this was my number one player uh, number one quarterback in this in this class the reason he's my number three fantasy wise is because of a couple of things. Number one is one thing that you just said, which is that the spot is interesting. I don't care so much about it when he's a top two pick. Like this is their guy. They're going to build around him. We've seen this go both ways, but you just have to be optimistic and hope that they can surround him with talent. I mean, you have to be, you have to be optimistic with him, but you don't have to be optimistic with, well, I mean, one no. of them was my number one quarterback in the class. One of them, and another one one. Of them you like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, if it's my number one player, I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. I, I trust the talent a lot. <laughs> um, and But, I mean, hey, the number one thing with CJ, the number one concern that I have and a lot of people have as well, how he handles pressure. Because we've seen it break quarterbacks in the past. And it's a, I mean, it was a concern this season, 2022 tape, dealing with pressure. It's not, he's not there yet. And and a a lot of people kind of talk about his athleticism and his ability to create and escape the pocket. Those are sort of, you know, one in the same. I mean, he, he needs to have that sort of, Uh, potential to his game to get out of messy situations but it's also just the fact of you know if he has guys coming at him can he stay composed can he do what he does operate from the pocket with you know just absolute precision when he has guys in his face 
So that's what we're going to find out. And we're definitely going to find out this year because the Texans offensive line is not great. Um, they have Laramie Tunzel, which is good, but as a whole 28th ranked pass blocking by PFF last season, you don't love to see it. Now there is some young guys that are coming in and there is also the addition of Shaq Mason who they made a trade for. So you get Shaq Mason at left guard. They draft Drew Scruggs in the second round to be their starting center. But if you, uh, great name. Uh, (laughs) but according to my guy, Dane Brugler, because I'm not the one watching centers in the class, uh, fifth or sixth round grade on Drew Scruggs. They took him at the bottom of the second. So we'll see who's right. But <laughs> usually it's for so- somehow it's never the team, the NFL team. <laughs> it's always the media guy. Um, so we'll see there. But um, and then Kenyon Green, who was their first round pick last year, hope to see some development out of him. And, you know, maybe there'll be some growth there. Um, but again, it's not a situation that is necessarily great for a player like this, especially, I mean, you look at the receivers, the talent there is questionable. I mean, there's some guys there that you might like, like I like Nico Collins. I'd like them drafting CJ's guy tank Dell in the third round. I like that. John Mechie's coming back, but we don't know. None of these things are, are, are things that we can be uh, certain about. So I'm very excited to see him play, and I'm still taking him in the middle of the second in one quarterbacks. And I should point out also that this is assuming six-point touchdown scoring in one quarterback. If you're playing with a little bit of a premium, that's what I'm looking at here because I think we've all arrived at a point where you're either doing that or you're playing super flex. So – middle of the second, or I'm comfortable taking him fourth in Superflex. I will take him over all of the guys not named Bijan and then my top two players. Okay. I I respect that. And, yeah, I think that he's interchangeable in that the four or five spot. I mean, I think that comes down to what does what is your team looking for. Honestly, if you need a quarterback, then you have a starting quarterback waiting for you. So don't pass on him just because, you know, the, your board may say something else. So uh, they say don't draft for need, but in this case, it's pretty close. So I, I'd say that you can make flip the coin and make the decision based on need in this situation. Science. The yes. very scientific process. I, I Last year when I had the, the 101 in our league, I almost literally flipped a coin to make the decision between Brees and Traylon Burks. But you made the right decision. Yeah, That's, I picked. You got the multi-year extension for at Camp Dynasty because of that great <laughs> drafting decision making. Yes, yeah, so I drafted Brees and then traded down. That's a everybody loves to trade down. It's a killer move, man. Yeah, uh, killer but, move. Yeah, uh, C.J. Stroud. I really am rooting for him to be really good. That That's what I want because I feel like there's a lot of narratives swirling around about him. And I just, I think he's, he's good. And I want him to be him in like fields to break this Ohio state narrative that there is. And I mean, it's a just narrative. Like there, there's hasn't been a good quarterback at Ohio state, but 
these guys, if anybody, seem like they're going to break the, the curse, you know? It's so, yeah, so go I, get CJ Stroud. I will say this before we move on about that whole narrative, the Ohio State quarterback narrative. I've watched all these guys. C.J. Stroud is the best passer to come out of Ohio State. I it, I agree. It's 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 a thing. Justin Fields, you know, you you might argue he was a better prospect, better tools, better obviously better athlete, but as a passer, he wasn't like this. And the guys who came before weren't even close. So. Yeah. We'll see. Number two. Number Again, two. Yes. I think we're going to be aligned here. And I think, I think right. we're going to both say Bryce Young. Am I, I right? Think you're, I think you're right. So, <laughs> so Bryce Young, uh, obviously the number one overall selection in the NFL draft. The Panthers do, in fact, make the trade up from nine to select Bryce Young. So all of the many, 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 many months of talking about his size and then CJ was going one and then Will Levis was going one and then everything was, you know, it was Bryce Young all along. So why is he number two and not number one? Well, there's a few reasons for that, but I'll start by saying, Colin, that I think like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young is not a foolproof player. And I think some people have sort of boxed him into that. Like, I think it was like a very, by the time we got to the draft, it was like, this is the number one pick. And it's no doubt about it. Like he, he's head and shoulders above the rest. And some people actually do, you know, they did grade it out that way. Um, that he was head and shoulders above the, above uh, shroud and you know, the other quarterbacks. I didn't see it that way. And I also don't see him as a foolproof player. He's not one of my, you know, top graded quarterbacks ever. Uh, he's graded very highly, but he's graded right alongside of these other two guys that I have in this tier. And I think the size matters to me. It doesn't matter in the sense that I am like knocking him like around. It matters in the sense that I am going to put him in the mid second along with CJ Stroud in a one quarterback league. I'm not going to overdraft him because he was the number one player in the, in the class. I'm not going to, you know, I, I do think the size has some merit to it. We just have never seen a quarterback of this size of this stature at the NFL level. And I don't think we should just be so quick to say it's totally fine. He's going to make it work. Yeah, I I mean, the size concerns me a lot, man. That that's the the number one thing that I see when I see Bryce Young. It's like I you you can see the talent, you can I mean, the throws are can be nuts and the pocket awareness and the you know, he has a good stature in the pocket too, but I mean the hits accumulate, man. <laughs> like no matter how good you are, no matter how elusive you are, unless you're taking the like Tom Brady school of not taking a lick, it's gonna be tough because you need some meat on your bones to play against these guys in the NFL. Like these are the freakish 
the freakiest athletes, freakiest athletes, if I could speak, there it is. in the world. Uh, 250 pounds flying at you with 4-3 speed, and they, they'll, uh, they're not looking to be your friend. So the, the size is concerning, but I like the spot a lot. Like I, I like the Panthers a lot. I I think they're building this young core really well. I they've been building this up for a while now, where they kind of turned over from the Cam era, and it was disappointing. But now it feels like they have a young core on defense, and then they can build their young core up on offense. And they're starting, and they they got Mingo, and they got Bryce, and they get off of that Christian McCaffrey contract with the trade. So they have a little more room to operate and they get Miles Sanders in the building. So I, I like Bryce Young quite a bit. I have him at three in my super flex rankings. I have him towards the top of the second round in one quarterback. I mean, you could go mid second, like you said, that that'd be fine with me too. But yeah, I, uh, I like Bryce. Bryce, I again, I I guess I shouldn't say I'm rooting for all these guys because it'd be, you know, I, I shouldn't come on here and be like I hate this player. I don't want them to succeed. <laughs> I get it. I mean, it and see that's the thing. Like you know, you got to talk about the size just because you know that is the big drawback here. I mean, but the player is is really really good. I like, you know, you like everything you see. You just want him to be bigger. And I'm going to keep him here. I'm going to keep him at number three in Superflex. I'm going to keep him, you know, right alongside CJ in in a one quarterback because I think the Panthers trust him. The Panthers make that decision. Like, we aren't worried about this. We know we're, we're going to protect this guy. We're going to help this guy. We're going to scheme it for him to not – hopefully take so much damage the rushing like he that was one of the things where it's like yeah he's got he's got a little bit more quick twitch he's a little more creative get some maybe you get some rushing potential it's just not going to happen in the NFL yeah I mean you're you're it's going to get shut down I mean you might get a little bit but it's he this is not a player that can you know survive as a as a scrambler and you know diving for the pylons and shit like he's not going to be able to do stuff like that so I was, in that sense, it's, yeah. I was going to mention, like, you look at the best rushing quarterback in football, in Lamar Jackson, and he has worn down, and he doesn't take hits, and he's a lot bigger than Bryce Young. So you think about that the, the play style in, you know, even if you're getting down 90% of the time, getting out of bounds 90% of the time, that 10% adds up. So uh, as much as you you hope that, you know, uh, Bryce can he's, – he's different, you know. He, he doesn't take the big hit. He, he's smart. But if you, if you watch him, he doesn't avoid hits, man. He's, he's fighting for the extra yards. He's tough, and that's cool, but it's not – it doesn't benefit you long term. Yeah, exactly. So I see this more as a, you know, this is just he's going to be the passer that he is in the NFL. That's good enough. The reason I have him ahead of Stroud, who is my quarterback one in the class, is simply because it's almost like a tiebreaker. The situation. 
I, I think agree. he's set up very, very well already. I mean, that it's not a you know, it's not a great team in Carolina, but it's a team that can legitimately compete for the division this year. There's an O line in front of him that is more than serviceable. They're you know, they have uh the new head coach with Frank Reich. They have uh Jonathan Mingo, like you said. They brought in some other weapons as Paris. well. Well, then, you know they got my boy Terrace. Hey, do you happen to catch that uh, little nugget this morning on The Athletic that Terrace Marshall led all wide receivers over the last 12 weeks of the season in yards per catch? So. I, I see you were looking at porn this morning. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting a little dirty this morning. You know it, man. So the Marshall-Mingo connection will be real. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's – there's a, a running game infrastructure there. They bring in Miles Sanders, pay him a lot of money. They're going to run the ball. They're going to help Bryce out there as well. So I just, I like what they're doing already. I like where this team was. Remember, this was a team that controlled the number nine pick. They made the move up. This wasn't a number one overall roster. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's basically a tiebreaker for me on that because I see them as very similar prospects. Yeah, I, I think that... The also they they've made a you can tell they're making a concerted effort to improve the offense because the, the offense was okay last year but it was obviously missing a quarterback they were quarterback, starting yeah I mean PJ Walker and Sam Darnold yeah, your guy Sam, my guy that I was just really <laughs> pining for earlier this episode uh, but yeah now they're moving into this this new phase and they got their guy and they paid the premium price and they did get rid of their number one weapon for so long in dj moore so that that sets back the skill group a little bit but uh, i think it's for the better because you also get bryce young out of it right right well let's talk about number one we all know what name hasn't been said yet and Colin I'm gonna let you take this one away because you've been on this train for a very very long time I have been on this train for a very very long time the Anthony Richardson train so this started as a almost a throw-in Richardson was a kind of a throw-in to our pre- season quarterback All the way rankings back to summer man i forgot yes. about it and we were talking about this guy that showed some flashes and we saw him in spring ball and it was like man this is this is a fun looking prospect like if he comes out this is gonna be an electric process and we watched him week in and week out we watched him struggle we watched him succeed we watched him throw for 400 yards. We watched him run for 140 and three touchdowns. And it was a a wonderful year. Uh, I'll just say that. And now Anthony Richardson has climbed all the way up to number two in my Superflex rankings. He is number nine in my one quarterback rankings. And, I mean, it's just been special seeing this player uh grow into the number four overall pick by the Colts and we talked about the Shane Steichen of it all and what this looks like 
as a developmental process because it's going to be a developmental process. He's not a polished prospect, and that's going to be said all over the place. I think he's a lot more polished than people say he is. I think he's uh, incredible in the pocket. I think the only thing that he has questions about is his accuracy, which is valid and which is problematic as an NFL quarterback. I mean, you got to be accurate with the football. So the the idea of pairing him with the engineer of the Jalen Hurts offense, though, that made him one of the best quarterbacks in football after having him look concerning at best in his first couple of years, Jalen Hurts, that is, uh, it's really nice. It's This is the best pairing out of any of the quarterback landing spots. And it's it's going to be pretty nice. I mean, he has Michael Pittman on the outside. They drafted Downs, who is a Camp Dynasty favorite, to go in the slot. They have Alec Pierce to be on that opposite side. I mean, they got Jelani Woods, Mo Alley-Cox, which is a nice tight end duo, and they got JT in that backfield with them. So this is going to be appointment television once – Anthony Richardson is on the football field. So when is Anthony Richardson on the football field? Sooner than later, I hope, because I don't, as a football fan, (laughs) because having him sitting on the bench while Gardner Minshew is out there is not going to be that fun. But I hope they let him marinate because he deserves that at least because like I said, it's going to be a developmental process. So I want, as impatient as I am, as excited as I am to see him play, just give him some time. And unless he's wowing you in camp, which is very possible, but I've been reading the the Colts beat because, you know, you gotta got to read up on the Richardson. And apparently it's it's been very hit and miss. So. Yeah which is to be expected, which is what we've been talking about. So give them some time, you know, preheat the oven, let it cook. Just wait. Don't don't get impatient. Don't say we got to get our guy out there. I know Jim Irsay is kind of a psycho. I know this is all, but. Hey, Andrew it. Luck is uh, coming back apparently. Did right. You see that one? Right. Yeah. You know, Andrew <laughs> just Luck. Don't, just don't tamper with him. Yeah, if he comes back, don't tamper with him. God, that's such a such a stupid thing. <laughs> what a what a weird guy, man. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on record many, many, many times over the course of the last seven or whatever months saying Anthony Richardson should not play as a rookie in the NFL. He should have a full year of development. I still believe that. I also don't think it's going to happen. So we, you know, we will get to see this player this year. Gardner Minshew is not going to start 17 games for the Indianapolis Colts in a year where they drafted this guy at number four overall. It's just not going to happen. So I'm so happy this wasn't Will Levis. We were like cheering on draft day (laughs) (laughs) because it was Richardson. Yeah, and and we were cheering not only because it wasn't Levis, but because of what you said just before, which is that this is the perfect spot. We've said that in the past. The Colts and Richardson make so much sense together, 
It's such a good spot. The writing seemed to be almost on the wall with the Shane Steichen hire, just because you could see the path there of, hey, we want to take this guy. We need somebody who knows how to work with a player like this. And I mean, and and even saying that, I mean, Jalen Hurts has developed into one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And Anthony Richardson has better tools than Jalen Hurts. I agree. So you're talking about a player here that has a ceiling uh, literally to be the best quarterback in football. Yeah, and that that's not only because he is the most athletic, if we're talking straight testing, the most athletic quarterback ever, but also because of the throws that he can make on and off platform. It, it is ridiculous, and I think that the – common knock on him is that he has as a blanket statement he has to work on accuracy which is true but it's also like he has trouble with intermediate throwing which I don't think is true I I think people see him as like you know he can throw the bomb he can throw the pretty ball but he has to work on everything else and I think that there are plenty of instances where you can see him layering a ball in in between like a corner and a safety in a zone, or you can see him dropping it over a linebacker before the safety can get there. Like I think there are so many instances of nuanced quarterbacking that people are not giving him credit for, and I, I just don't like that very much. I mean, there definitely are those moments on like that those flashes are what led me and a lot of other folks including you know the Indianapolis Colts to say yeah this is a this is a legit talent here this isn't just you know the freakiest athlete ever to play quarterback with a rocket arm you know like that he's not just that he's more than that which is how he ends up here it's how he ends up as my number one quarterback in this in the class in terms of fantasy because I do think that there is a lot there that you can like already. Now, when I, you know, I say he has the tools to be the best quarterback in football, the path there is very far. It's not, you know, like I see this player as developing into a top eight quarterback. Like that's kind of like the middle ground where it's like, if he takes this developmental journey, if he works on his mechanics, which then funnel into improved accuracy and he starts to play the quarterback position a little bit cleaner than he does now in terms of decision-making and reading the field, I think he easily moves into the top group of quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just that if he... (laughs) If, if it's lightning in a bottle, man, and he can find all of it, if he can, if everything can become unlocked and you're talking about a player that by year four, suddenly this might be the best player in the league. So that's the upside. That's why yeah. you take a player like this here, but it's also not a do or die. It's not like he's either the best quarterback in the league or he's a bust, you know, like it's, there's a very wide middle ground there where I feel comfortable projecting him to the point where I am I am spending two in a super flex league on him and I'm not worried about it at all. I'm very comfortable with that decision. And in one quarterback, like you said, I have him at the end of the first round. 
currently 11th on my board. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the rushing upside, man, like I, you saw, we've mentioned this also that like the Justin Fields thing where he was throwing probably averaging 190 yards a game and was the QB four or something like that. He was the QB one with weeks that he is throwing for 200 yards and Richardson could easily do that. And I think the, the, the thing that he also has is immense red zone upside that that is the thing that you see in the Florida film is him in the red zone is disgusting and Shane Steichen Jalen Hurts in the red zone the you, they're gonna bring the double cheek sneak over and that's gonna bring him some extra touchdowns so man I'm this is gonna be electric you're gonna feel pretty good I think if you take him at two yeah I I will end with the the quote that I've I've raised before from Dane Brugler who says it is not a low floor player it is a high floor player because in today's NFL this rushing ability at the quarterback position is coveted it's not just an accessory anymore you know this is a featured piece of the position there are ways to scheme this ability into situations like Justin Fields last year where you can develop as a passer while still maximizing your strengths as a rusher, and that turns into production, which turns into fantasy stats. So I love it, man. Anthony Richardson, Fantasy QB 101 here at Camp Dynasty, unanimously. Absolutely. Oh, makes me happy. That is the top five quarterbacks in the class. Very fun quarterback group. I mean, obviously, if you were following along with the draft, the NFL draft, you heard lots and lots and lots and lots of opinions on these quarterbacks. I mean, it was that sort of class. These guys are great prospects in this top tier. They all went in the top four picks. And we're going to see how it turns out in, in terms of the NFL and in fantasy. Um, I mean, I got to ask you this just because it's the quarterbacks episode. And if you're playing super flex, you're probably looking for one of these types of players, any deep sleepers from this class that you have your eye on that you're, you're adding, you're adding as a, as a flyer. Uh, DTR is my favorite one. Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's on the Browns and I mean, if there's anything we know, it's that there's Deshaun Watson is questionable as a player at best. Uh, we don't like. There's a lot of question marks around him. He's been suspended. He's been injured. It's not only the suspension and the the issues there. He's had two ACL tears. He also so, had his worst statistical season as a pro by far. Yes, yes. And so there is some upside in having an athletic quarterback as his backup that, I mean, if he continues to play poorly or if he gets hurt or if there's another issue with him off the field, you have a starting quarterback with rushing upside. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Dorian Thompson Robinson is is one that I would bring up. I mean, he's got a long way to go as yeah. a passer. I mean, that's but he has that. We, you watch a lot of Zach Charbonnet. You end up watching <laughs> a lot of of DTR. Catch a lot of Bruins games on Pac-12 After Dark. I like the player a lot. The demeanor, the the intensity that he plays with, getting out in front of Zach as a lead blocker. Yeah. multiple times this I like season. That. I mean, that's the kind of player this guy is, and it's easy to root for him. And the situation, like you just outlined there, is interesting. There is a somewhat of a path there where, yeah, I might just kind of, if I got a free spot, just see how it goes, yeah. see what happens. If you're in a um, deep league, like, you yeah. throw them on the, on the roster. Right. Outside of that, I mean, I'm not super thrilled with any of these guys. Um I mean, I still like Jaron Hall is an interesting player to me. I don't know, you know, what that means. I don't really see him as an NFL starter at any point, but um, see him more as a backup. But I do like the talent there in that sort of role. Um, the only other one that I would bring up is Jake Hayner, who it, same deal, same as Jaron Hall. I see them very similarly. Good backups. Don't see either of them starting, but you know, players that with if it, you know, one injury away, man, one injury away, these guys will be, uh, they'll be there. So, but that's you know, it's just that it's not a. Those are darts. There's no, yeah, and they're just, they're darts thrown some darts. with a blindfold after you've been spun around four times. Yeah, it's like you know, if you hit on one of those, it's like free money it's like when it's a million dollars on a scratch off hey somebody's got to be the next brock purdy right that happens every year yeah brock purdy's definitely really good and not just you know a guy right (laughs) well you know brock purdy had a really high s2 score right so did we did we get the s2s on the quarterbacks i'd like to draft whatever one scored uh was the the highest was bryce young i'm pretty sure yeah that's why he went number one so there it is that we've solved it that's the next brock purdy yeah, Bryce Young. <laughs> just from number one to the mystery relevant, it all lines up. Exactly. You know? <laughs> all right, no, man. Well, Brock Purdy sucks. By the way, can I yes. just put that out there? The Camp Dynasty is anti Purdy. Uh, we need to make that known to yeah. the world. I said the before attempt. that I don't want to prey on any player's downfall. Well, <laughs> it's just it, it and it it always is a product of something you never just dislike a guy on his own basis like i might like brock purdy in a a different world where we aren't force-fed the narrative that he is a great nfl player and that he is an emerging star in the future for the 49ers like if we weren't fed all of that i probably wouldn't care that must be horrible (laughs) i mean come on man like i just (laughs) trey lance must be bad uh sad because there's no way that they're talking about brock purdy coming off of tommy johns apparently a botched tommy johns yeah and trey lance is still like on the block yeah after they just traded like nine first to take him number three overall yep should have just taken fields man yeah all God, these what teams, a draft that was! All too. these teams passing on Fields, they're gonna regret it. What a draft! What a draft! Bryce Young was. better be better than Justin Fields, or there, or J.C. Horn has to be the man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> he's good. J.C. He's good. Man, he's good. 
All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, enough about quarterbacks. That's your little spotlight in the Camp Dynasty community. But we are moving on to a premium position. Oh, yeah. And a, a position that we have talked at length about and one that has gotten incredibly shaken up, question mark. We're going to find out. Find out next, next time week. on find Camp <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> So if you want uh, if you want to prep, go back, listen to running back rankings 2.0, find out where we uh, started this thing back in the winter, but we are going to be doing final running back rankings next week and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And we I'm right now I'm thinking 10. I might expand that by the time we get there. We'll see. Yeah, top 30 running backs coming yeah. <laughs> next week. <Yeah. laughs> so um, until then, though, follow us at camp underscore dynasty on Twitter and camp dot dynasty on TikTok. Also, check out our YouTube channel, yes. which is also just camp dynasty. That's it, another one that you can you can check out. Full, full dormant. Full but podcasts are, are going up. They're coming. They're coming. So some video feed coming there from the podcast. Um, so check that out. Subscribe there. Um, and as always, comment, like, subscribe turn notifications on whatever you do for podcasts these days. We appreciate it. Stay plugged in. You do not want to miss the final stretch of the 2023 season, but I will say before we sign it off, Colin, I did make my 2024 watch list this weekend. Yeah. So you, you I'm showed a me little the bit sneak of, peek. I'm doing a little bit of blending right now. Yeah. We're getting pumped up. We are. We've been, you know, we said we wouldn't move on too quickly. <laughs> and then, like, the next week, we're like, man, this class is, is pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Is, is this going to be better than this year? I'll tell you that. Yeah. And then, in, where have you heard that before? After we finish the 2024 class, we'll be like, man, 2025. 2025. Hey, <laughs> Judkins. Yeah. Judkins, look out. Nick Singleton. All right. Where... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> before, we, before we end up in 2025. Thank you for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and we'll see you next week.